We are back. This is Keeping Tabs, the podcast where we talk about the internet and the internet's effect on culture. And today's episode is part two of our Furries series, the final installment of the Furries series. Or is it the final installment? That remains to be seen. It's an epic tale. (laughs) (laughs) I was realizing that I'm not sure if we have done enough puns and actually... The answer is definitely no, because there's no such thing as enough puns. I agree. Yeah. I mean, Doug Fur himself says in his Twitter bio that he is violently addicted to puns. Violently, he says. Yeah. That sounds pretty chill, though. Today's episode is brought to you by... George Clooney! (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was just a joke, because we don't have any sponsors um, yet. What we do have are a few patrons on Patreon. Oh, yes. Our first patron was Nick Wart. At Dollar Tree Vegan on Twitter. You know, he's pretty cool. I'd say we get along. (laughs) And shouts out even more to my dad, Mr. Eric Patrick Herrera. Oh, yeah. Of Southern California fame. He is a patron of ours, not because he's my dad, but because our podcast is awesome. Totally. And someday when we start making and distributing merch, we are going to make t-shirts that just say, I heart Eric. Or even ones that just have my dad's face on it. I love that. He's a good looking guy, so. He's a great dude. Stay tuned because Eric has also recently volunteered to help us out with a podcast in a much, much more interesting way. Oh, yeah. We can't tell them. We can't tell them what it is yet. No, not yet. But suffice it to say that you'll be hearing from him. I hope. (laughs) I hope it, you know, works out positively. (laughs) Unless it kills him. (laughs) Okay. uh, Yeah, thank thank you guys. R.I.P. Dad. (laughs) R.I.P. Dad. Get your life insurance in check because I'm poor. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys both so much for supporting our little startup podcast. And if anybody else wants to support, you can find us at patreon.com slash keeping tabs. We're going to start out this episode with a little story about a humble German shepherd for Sona. This one's a real tearjerker, so I guess if you're not okay with, like, death and sadness and, like, self-reflection on your death before you die and crying and... Honestly, if you're not okay with any of those things, just turn this off and unsubscribe because you're not gonna fit in here. Yeah, because I am gonna keep crying. (laughs) For sure. I'm crying right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, but for real, it is really sad. Just bear that in mind and... Actually, like, do listen to it, and please don't unsubscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm just kidding. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Anyway, here's the story. There's this person named Dog Bomb. You can find him really easily on Twitter. His real name was Tony. He was 55 years old this year, and he chose to end his life after many, many years uh, living with ALS. He had a lot to say about it, and basically he had the, I think, understandable feeling that he knew that he was going to die from this disease, and he didn't want to be constantly living with the uncertainty of when the disease was going to take his life. He wanted to make the choice 
of when and how to go and under what circumstances he decided to die. And he was a furry. He was a big old furry. Yeah, that's an important part. (laughs) So after he died, he wanted his body to be used as a practice cadaver for medical students, which I think is so noble, much like a noble German shepherd, which is what his fursona was. But he does not lay eggs. No, (laughs) not like our good friend Douglas Fur. He, he wrote this letter to the medical students who were going to be using his body for, you know, dissection. And he talked about, you know, his life and who he was. And he said that he liked to dress up like a big German shepherd and take himself on walkies. <laughs> on walkies. I just think that's really cute. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't know if I could cut a person open, like, knowing that they were a furry, though. Why? I don't know. That's just too much. That's it's too much. It's the same kind of thing. Where, I mean, it's not. I don't understand how it changes your ability to cut them open. It's not specifically that they're a furry. It's just the intimate details, you know, about them. Oh. Like I when I first read the letter that he wrote, I thought it was super cool that he wanted to communicate with the people who are going to be, you know, basically performing an autopsy on him. But Afterwards, my opinion has changed. I feel like it would be much easier for me to slice somebody's organs apart if I didn't know anything about them. I don't want to know when I'm cutting up a dick, like, where it's been, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you want to know where a dick has been. Sometimes you don't. Um, And that's one of those situations where I think that you wouldn't want to know. Yeah. He It says on here, Tony was a certified anesthesiologist for animals he apparently used the same method he used to painlessly put down cats and dogs okay i read his twitter today and said his last beer was a corona he was listening to his favorite music and he was alone but he was with his dogs yeah that makes me feel sad for some reason i mean the whole thing is sad but i mean i i feel like i get it because like we all die alone you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm (laughs) <laughs> was that a joke <laughs> i don't know what it was uh it was a true joke yeah most jokes are rooted in truth i would say it says yeah he died alone he looked peaceful when this individual found him he had his phone in his hand his stereo was blasting his favorite cds his dogs were with him and his last beer was a corona and also i love that his final tweet was Dog bomb has left the building. Oh, damn. That's a that's a good one, you know. His Twitter, I strongly encourage everybody to check it out. Isn't it at dog bomb one? Yes. Like a legit number one. Yes. On Twitter, it's a really amazing just tableau almost, you know, of his life. It just exists perfectly encapsulated on the internet, mm-hmm. which is interesting for so many reasons. Not least because I feel like most people I talk to about dying, the general consensus is like, please fucking burn my computer and delete all of my accounts when I'm dead. Yeah. And he just had just this really unique perspective because he knew for such a long time that he was going to decide when it was time to end his life. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't, you know, an emotional, I mean, obviously an emotional decision, but it wasn't like a rash decision, you know, like... Mm -hmm. And so he was able to kind of live his life with that in mind and 
leave behind a legacy about, I don't know, just to leave behind the person that he wanted the world to see. It's really awesome, especially like the furry community was so influential to him. It was so important to him. And, you know, some of the last weeks of his life, he was just retweeting all of this fan art that people were sending him of his fursona, you know, with like a halo and angel wings and like up in the sky or with like a rainbow. And yeah, there were so many. He said goodbye to so many people and he had touched so many people that they wanted to say goodbye to him and to do that for him and to make that art. I mean, I just, I went like a year back into his Twitter. I just cried the entire time. It was insane. Yeah. And you know what's weird? You know how on Twitter you can like just click the pictures on the side and like go through the picture post? Yeah, yeah. I did that on his and I'm doing it right now. And I feel like there's this misconception that furries are like grimy basement dwellers yeah it's not my opinion it's just what <laughs> i think people think that that they're weirdos or like yeah weird looking but he's seriously just like a normal maybe middle-aged guy and he has like a very active social life and stuff he seemed and he was so well loved by the furry community and obviously by his friends and family mm-hmm. i mean he really fits the bill for somebody that now after doing all this research, I would think would be interested in being a member of the furry community. I mean, for one thing, he was like really active and then had something happen to him where he couldn't be as active, you know? He was a runner and like avid outdoorsman for a while. Also, he was gay, which in my research, I figured out that like 80% of furries fall somewhere on the gay bi spectrum. Mm -hmm. Also does kind of make sense to me because if you're already living your life in a way that's not traditionally acceptable why not just go the whole nine yards you know right if you're gonna be gay be a gay dog (laughs) yeah and he was a vet you know he clearly loved animals and really identified with them and some of his last tweets in his life were about being excited to see you know some of his dogs that had passed away years ago yeah I mean the furry stuff was obviously very prominent but some of the things about a person coming to terms with the end of their life were just really unfathomable to be witness to. Mm -hmm. Like, he had this one tweet that was like, I've been in lust countless times. I've been in love a handful of times. And I've been head over heels in love once. And he knows who he is. And it was just, I don't know, just things like that were so personal to read about, especially just, you know, this is a person who's like stream of consciousness going through their life and what it's meant to them now that they're about to end it. Yeah. I also think that, again, going through his pictures, the furry community was a big part of his life and obviously like a big part of his identity. But it is clear that it's not the only part of his life or part of his identity. Yeah. So it was just kind of an interesting inside view because a lot of furries from what I've seen, they don't share their regular life alongside their like furry social media. Right. It's very separate. So people will have Twitter accounts and it's just their fursona and they don't show pictures of themselves or like what they're up to, for lack of a better way to say it, like in their real life, mm-hmm. you know, their, their day-to-day life, um, where he showed probably equal amounts. Yeah. I would say it's like 50-50. 
the furry community they raised like thousands and thousands of dollars for ALS. Yeah, they there was like there was like a furry run for ALS, and there are a bunch of pictures of it on his Twitter of them mm-hmm. like pushing his wheelchair and like running with him, and it was all people that he's known either online or from furry conventions, like running in their fur suits, like blue foxes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was really heartwarming. Because it's easy to laugh at when you see stuff like that, like just on the street happening or something. But then you sort of dive in and you're like, holy shit, this has got depth. Totally. It's amazing. At Dogbomb1 on Twitter, please check it out. Segwaying away from that, definitely gets a little out of control sometimes. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking about Rainforest. Oh, shit. (laughs) Tell us about that. Rainforest was... A convention that happened, I want to say, what, 2016? Yeah, yeah, not that long ago. Not that long ago. Just a few years ago. It happened in Washington, I believe, Seattle area. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know how it went wrong exactly. It was just a series of disasters. Yeah. And it's less reflective of how furries are and more reflective of how dickish people can be (laughs) when given the chance yeah i mean they were just doing pointless shit they were like loosening like the bolts on toilets and like (laughs) like purposely like flooding bathrooms and like shoving like wadded up paper like just taking all the towels in the hot tub area and like shoving them into the pump and causing like thousands of dollars worth of damage of course i'm imagining all of this happening like this there's a person like dressed like a giant bunny rabbit you know like uh-huh. la- like giggling with an otter and like a porcupine and they're like loosening like <laughs> right the, the bolts on the toilet and like like laughing and running away you know like it's it's hilarious the water starts spraying out and they just go oops and they just bounce off yeah, like like a fucking cartoon i don't know it's hilarious one of the more notorious events of rainforest was the amount of diapers that were (laughs) littering the hotel where the convention was taking place and well you know why that is right because i mean there were (laughs) there were people there who were wearing diapers (laughs) (laughs) and we're not talking about babies it was you know real real life grown adults who had some type of fetish that involved them wearing diapers i think they called them crinklers was that what they called them what was it called well those are the ones who those are the ones who wear them on their heads (laughs) i no i thought (laughs) crinkling is when you put the no 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 no, no. i'm I'm positive about this crinkling is when you put the diaper on your head and walk around because it makes a crinkling sound when you walk Uh uh-huh um and there's a separate thing for when they just actually like put on the diapers and like piss and shit in them like (laughs) really why is it so wrong that's that's the intended purpose of a diaper is to catch the human waste so why why are you shocked (laughs) it's wrong (laughs) i just don't want to you know unless a person really needs to wear a diaper yeah right i don't want to be in close proximity to human shit i mean it's fair and so at Rainforest, not only was this happening, but they would take off the diapers and like throw them on shit. <laughs> <laughs> like just on the ground. I know some people got like diapers thrown at their cars. <laughs> it, it was uh, chaos. 
fucking hysterical. I mean, for the most part, these conventions are so well behaved. But yeah, Rainforest, uh, Rainforest is no more. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. It's shut down. I mean, I don't blame them. Yeah. There is a lot of, I mean, furries are just people too. You know what I mean? They're animals, but people are animals. So it's just real regular ass garden variety drama a lot of the time with furries. Yeah, there is a lot of furry drama. I feel like it's definitely a subculture that has a lot of shit going on all the time. And just something about, you know, it's funny whenever people are fighting publicly on the internet. That's funny. Mm -hmm. That is just... It's going to be hilarious, but something about the fact that there are people dressed up as animals and fighting very angrily with each other makes it like thrice as funny (laughs) as it is when it's just regular people. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. What was the one they were beefing about? (laughs) So basically there's the launch of this new company and they purported to be releasing the first luxury fursuits. And for some reason, the use of the word first and luxury, people took issue with. And so one of the reasons was because it, in their minds, demeans small-time creators of fursuits who have to work really, really hard. Because, yeah, you see them and you think they look kind of silly from an outsider's perspective, but those things are huge. Uh They definitely have cheaper ones that exist, but a lot of people who make them take a lot of pride in their work. And so they make them with good quality material and make sure they're not going to just fall apart instantly. And so when this company came out, and said that they were the first ones to make luxury fursuits, it seemed insulting to those who are just taking, you know, the time that they have in their free day-to-day lives when they're not working regular jobs and just shit on that as if it's not as good as this company's. Yeah. People were fucking pissed. Yeah. I think a little bit more pissed than they had to be, though I understand the irritation. I mean, can we just talk about, I mean, what, what makes one fursuit more luxury than another? Because there are like, there are like animatronic fursuits that are basically turn you into an animal cyborg. (laughs) When people wear them, they look like the, like the, the little animatronic characters in the small world ride at Disneyland. Yeah. It's like Five Nights at Furries. Yes. Or (laughs) Five Nights at Freddy's. (laughs) (laughs) So for this company, one of the things that I guess they were trying to do was they were going in hard on the branding of it. Like the brand of fursuit was like going to be a very specific and important part of their business. And people fucking hated that. Yeah. Part of it was because the heads, I guess they would call it, they had on the cheek a giant logo for the company. What? Yeah. I just can't imagine wearing like a lion head with like a Nike swoosh on the side of it. That's what I'm imagining. <laughs> so really what we have a problem with here is capitalism, right? Furries are all Marxists. Essentially. Okay. I just sent it to you. Oh, geez. Yeah. That looks like some Illuminati shit, honestly. <laughs> yeah. The style of the suits is very like unique compared to a lot of the ones that I've seen. It's more like angular. 
Yeah, it's not as like soft and cartoony with the big anime eyes. But yeah, people just really, really were offended by it. I do get it when they felt like, you know, this community is pretty close-knit or pretty protective of the people within it. Yeah, especially like the creators and stuff of the community. So when they saw this as an insult to these people who work really hard just to do something that they all enjoy, they just fucking lost it. Right. The company is called, it's got like a German name, so it's called Zweitesich. Okay. I'm probably butchering that, but (laughs) it's Z-W-E-I-T-E-S-I-C-H. You can find their Twitter, though it's been purged for the most part. Yeah. You know that some shit's gone down when the only posts that there are are like a statement that starts, hello, I wanted to quickly address blank, oh blank, God. blank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can go read it and it's pretty long. It's mostly just an apology, but the hashtag is where it got dark, like the anger. Yeah. Okay. So here's one of the things that people got pissed off about. Zweitesich suits are for those who wish to have an incomparable second self created by a designer, not ordered from a tailor. Ooh, okay, okay. So, I mean, they're basically implying that those people who make the small-time fursuits are not designers at all. They just are seamstresses. That's, I mean, okay. I'm trying to understand the anger, and I'm thinking that I understand it. I'm also thinking... If you think that your suits are that good, then you don't need to necessarily worry about anybody else's suits. But I get it. I think I get it. Another thing that people were upset about was the steep price at which you could buy these suits. What was the price? (laughs) For a head, it was $6,000. Oh, okay. Fucking A. I mean... (laughs) That's like the price of an entire fursuit sometimes, right? Right. And to the best of my knowledge, and I don't know for sure about this because the site and the Twitter have been purged, they were only offering these three styles of fursuits. And there was a borzoi, like as in the dog breed borzoi, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lion, and a ram. And I think that you could only get them in the colors that they were made in and only those species. Yeah, so here's the thing. It just it just sounds lame. I mean, it really does. There's no variety. There's no customization. You literally have to wear it with a giant brand that looks like an Illuminati triangle. <laughs> if I'm a fursuiter, I'm just not bothered because nobody's going to buy that. I mean, who would want that? I get that. It's like you're literally marking this as a luxury product and it doesn't seem very luxury because... Yeah, if I'm going to pay $6,000 for just a head, it better look exactly how I want it to look. Like, that better be customized to a damn T. Right, right, right. Someone says it right here, at Spooky Fleas, why would I pay $6,000 for a pre-made partial with a huge logo slapped on the face when I can get a completely custom full suit from another maker for half the price? Even those ones from Stuffed Panda Studios... Yeah, those are amazing. Even those are, I think, less than $6,000 or like around $6,000. And I see that. Like, I get that. Yeah, I think they're right around the same price. Mm-hmm. So you can get the full body suit and then you can also get like head, paws, and tail. And I think the head, paws, and tail ones were like five grand. And then, you know, it would vary from like eight to like even up to 10 grand for a full for a full body suit. 
But those are amazing and completely realistic looking. And I would pay, I mean, if I had $10,000 laying around, I would probably buy one. (laughs) Like every single one of them is so fucking unique. Yeah. And then you have this generic, like, it's cool, but it's like, it's very clearly just going for a certain, like, aesthetic. Yeah. A weird thing about it is that someone on Twitter, at Hago Doggo, <laughs> they're really criticizing this person. And I, the artist's name was Albino Topaz. And I think that they have checked out of Twitter. Like, they were really apologetic. They were just getting shit on hard. Damn, the mob came for them? Yes. The herd? Yep. <laughs> the stampede? Yeah. Oh, no, he... Well, he's on Twitter. I get he's just not posting fucking anything about fursuits. <laughs> yeah. So Hago Doggo said, I'm sorry for the flack you're getting. I really wish furries knew how to use tact without bashing. With that being said, I wanted to offer honest criticism without trying to bash you or tear you down. Real talk, love the logo, love the name. The idea behind it is awesome, but that's where my compliments end. This marketing, this branding you're doing is really tone deaf. Where do you get off putting other makers down, propping yourself to be a designer while we're just tailors? Are you even listening to yourself? And they uh, included a picture that's been going around with a lot of these posts. And it's a picture of one of the like paw gloves. Uh-huh. You're literally marketing to the wrong audience if you think this kind of marketing is acceptable. Everything your brand is trying to accomplish is everything furry isn't. These suits are lifeless, sterile. Furry is all about individualism and creativity, and what's even more shocking is you've created far better fursuits than these things. (laughs) Your best work was your most expressive and purely unique. That's where you shine, not this far cry from your roots. I urge you to seriously reevaluate your goals and maybe make an apologize to the other makers you've scorned today. And then they linked a bunch of pictures of the old fursuits that Albino Topaz did, and they're honestly fucking awesome. Yeah. This is some, like, Miranda Priestly, like, Devil Wears Prada type of shit. (laughs) (laughs) That was very harsh. I I mean, I felt ashamed of myself listening to that. Yeah. And I I don't think I did anything wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wonder what he thought of it. But I, I think it's interesting to hear, though, the criticism from someone who is a fursuit maker that's at Hago Doggo, especially when they said that these suits are everything that furry is not. Damn. I mean, when you consider some of the other issues within the furry community, though, this seems tame. Yeah. Pun intended. I mean, I'm just always, pretty much always, 100% of the time, thinking about Nazi furries. (laughs) (laughs) I wake wake up, I'm thinking about Nazi furries. I try to not think about them. I masturbate, I'm thinking about Nazi furries. Oh. Just kidding. Okay. Where am I? (laughs) I mean, you know, aside from the fact that it's fucking hilarious, because if we were in the real age of the Nazis, you know, 1940s Germany, I'm thinking we would see concentration camps full of furries. (laughs) I just don't think Hitler would be down. Yeah, I think he'd not be into it. So I first want to go on record and say that the vast majority of furries are inclusive and humble and kind and wonderful people. However, as with any subculture, the fucking dick pimples of the world have managed to infiltrate and make it about them. But just thinking about it in a social way, I mean, the world has a Nazi problem, 
every community, if there's even one Nazi that feels like they can openly be a Nazi, has a Nazi problem. So, of course, the furry community has a Nazi problem. And it's not necessarily a problem because there's so few and far between and people are just trying to get a, a rise out of each other, kind of. But at the same time, they definitely exist. And that is just... A few months ago would have been incomprehensible to me. So this is from a, an Australian news article about um, either alt-furries or, or Nazi-furries. Can I just say I hate the expression alt-furries? The alt-furry <laughs> movement, it says, started as a joke on Twitter with right-leaning members sharing pro-Trump furry-themed memes using the hashtag alt-furries. <laughs> what started as the promotion of satirical policies such as a... <laughs> such as a ban on species mixing, (laughs) soon became what started as the promotion of satirical policies, such as a ban on species mixing, soon became much more serious as the white supremacist agenda started to creep into real-world furry events. A horse furry known as Junius became a target for the group after calling them bigots and fascists on social media. Junius said she wasn't worried when one forum group attempted to find her personal information and release it online, but holds genuine concerns over the growing number of furries vulnerable to recruitment by these white supremacists. A goat named Dionysus (laughs) was recently banned from a convention in Philadelphia after he spent $140 to commission artwork of his fursona launching Junius and two other furries out of a helicopter. (laughs) The main guy who's under fire for the Nazi looking fursuit uh-huh. is literally named Foxler. <laughs> Foxler. And is prote- like everybody's like, so it, it's like Hitler, but you're a fox. And he's like, no, no, it's not that. And <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's dumb. Just- like, why even just you're you're dressed like a Nazi. Why even just say it? Like just say What really gets me is like, you know, just the compulsion to mesh those two groups together you know what I mean like you can't you can't have your Nazi life over here in one corner and then your furry life over here in a different corner you know they have to you just have to be a Nazi at all times I don't know it's just really uh really striking it's very it's very jarring I would say yeah and he's totally a Nazi too yeah his persona wears like suspenders and wears an armband that's literally the same exact color combination as the the third Reich oh armband. God. It's like a red armband with a white background and then a black swastika is what the Nazis wore. Yeah. And their persona wears like a red armband with a white background with a black paw print on it. So it's just like, yeah. you know what the fuck you're doing, dog? And he literally is a dog. <laughs> yeah, I think like so... There's two possibilities. He either had to go to the effort to make this custom outfit himself or he had to pay somebody to go to the effort to make this custom outfit himself. Like, regardless, there was a huge amount of time invested into this endeavor. And uh, I mean, yeah, (laughs) it's just so mind-blowingly dumb. You know, he's been called out a bunch of times. He denies it. He talks about all his black friends and I can't be a Nazi. And, you know, I'm a victim. Um, And it sounds just like every other fucking little Nazi chode in this world. It's like already such a misunderstood community. 
you're gonna go and take it and like just slather it in white supremacy like that's gonna help anything you know that that never helped it's so annoying you know just own it just own it if that's how you're gonna be if you're a nazi and you're a furry it's you just have to be proud of it i feel like you can't pretend like you're not doing it and i mean it's such a big deal dog fur fur. the guy that i interviewed the the german shepherd the the egg-laying german shepherd that i interviewed it's a big enough problem his twitter bio reads German Shepherd dog, plant lover, violently addicted to puns, contains egg, (laughs) fuck off Nazi furs. Contains egg. (laughs) I know. That's all the important stuff about his fursona. And um, there's a Twitter account that's alt furry blocker Uh that you can go on and see some like actual instances of these quote unquote alt furries uh-huh. um, being called out because basically it's just an account where they're like people report nazis yeah <laughs> to the account they share their like handles and everybody blocks them yeah oh here here's a great one someone tweeted this is why we need hashtag alt furry oh my god furry fandom is full of shit like art videos and role-playing with cannibalism vor gore pedophilia, rape, bestiality, and so on. But somehow, Nazi and Nazi-like stuff are absolutely unacceptable, and people that make or like stuff like that have no place in the furry fandom. Ugh, yeah. Come on. Here's a question, though. What do you think Hitler's persona would be? Oh, okay. Um, I think he'd be a scaly. (laughs) I think he'd be a snake or, like, an iguana. (laughs) You think he'd choose that? Um, no, I'm... I'm just, like, calling it as I see it. Hey, don't be mean to snakes and iguanas. They didn't <laughs> do anything wrong. I just think he looks like yeah, sort of a repti- reptilian. Yeah, I get that. So that's just, that's, just my, that's just one amateur's opinion, though. Um, he'd clearly be a German shepherd. Stop. I get that it's Germany. Like, I see what you're doing. But I also, German shepherds are good dogs. Yeah, what about Hitler's dog? Was it a German Shepherd? Oh, yeah, because he painted them. Yeah. Blondie. Blondie was his dog. Don't ask me how I know. How do you know? I I just do. <laughs> <laughs> Except he killed his dog. Uh, Like before he killed himself or what? He used it to test his cyanide capsules before he killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Blondie. What about the uh, Midwest Fur Fest chlorine gas incident? You've got the all, you know, the Nazi furs. Their presence caused another furry convention called Rocky Mountain Fur Con to shut down. And then you've got people outside of the furry community targeting furries and fucking leaking gas into hotels where furry conventions are happening. Yikes. Definitely intending to harm people just because they're like engaging in activities that they don't understand. Right. Do you, is there any evidence to indicate that it was like a person who's critical of furries or is there a chance that it was another furry? You're right. I shouldn't necessarily assume. There's really not a ton of information about what happened. It's just that I don't see why a furry would attack other furries necessarily. Mm -hmm. That, you know, that just doesn't really like ring true to me. (laughs) It's just like... Really sad because I'm looking at pictures from the Midwest gas attack and it's just like a bunch of ambulances and then like people dressed up like tigers. (laughs) (laughs) 
Wouldn't you be fucking pissed if you, like, had a heart attack in your fursuit and they, like, cut it open to, like, <laughs> yeah. give you the defibrillator? That'd suck. Did they ever find out who did it? No, like, they, they seriously don't know. Wow. I would personally love to go to a furry convention. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. We should go to Anthrocon. Yeah, for sure. Or Midwest Fur Fest is in Chicago, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not into the idea of getting gassed but it (laughs) (laughs) i looked at some pictures of it and apparently a lot of furry conventions have like raves at night Mm -hmm. which the pictures of it look so fucking fun yeah dude i bet just with hundreds of people and there's like a dj and you're just dancing with like animals yeah i don't see what would not be fun about that like yeah for sure it's just a rave, but everybody's dressed up like different animals and like right. doing probably a bunch of Molly and having a great, great fucking time. <laughs> I've got one more question for you, though. Okay. Hit me. Can furries go to heaven? <laughs> you know, this was something that weirdly came up in my research and... <laughs> It was extremely funny. This is one of those, you know, internet holes that I just keep diving down until I get to this point. And I found a post on a forum called Landover Baptist Church. And you can find it at landoverbaptist.net, though I do not recommend going to it. It's painful to read. But this is a post from 2008, and a user who is now labeled as under investigation (laughs) named Plasma Fox posted the following. All my life, I have been a Christian. I was born and raised in a Christian home with a Christian family, and I have dedicated my life to God and his creations. Amen. Though one thing has concerned me, furries. (laughs) Can I just stop you? (laughs) Only one thing concerns him. (laughs) And that is furries. Sorry, please continue. I am, of course, not talking about the heathen, satanic, sodomite heretics that see themselves as the reincarnation of some evil homosexual dragon hell-bent on having sex with every male on earth and in hell. (laughs) I am talking about those people who love animals purely in a platonic way and dress up in suits that make them resemble anthropomorphic animals. At first, I saw furries as sickening, but as I met and spoke with one... I gradually realized that not all of them are God-hating bastards. Just most of them. Is this an affront to God? Is pretending to be an animal a sin? If it is, how do I repent? How can I be saved? Oh my God. There's just so much to unpack here. Yeah, so I love Plasma Fox. I know. I will say. As I continue to read through this forum, I came to love Plasma Fox. And I am still not quite sure how much trolling is happening here but I don't need to know honestly I just want to suspend my disbelief and enjoy this for what it is and I just want to draw everyone's attention to the line here about uh satanic sodomite heretics that see themselves as the (laughs) reincarnation of some evil homosexual dragon hell bent on having (laughs) sex with every male on earth and in hell so like basically right there you're telling me that sex gets to happen in hell so 
<laughs> where again is my incentive to be a good person if sex isn't happening yeah. in heaven the response to plasma fox came from talitha who is given the title of deaconess i need to point out that you know it, i had it in my mind the possibility of trolling and i absolutely think that plasma fox is trolling but talitha i need you all to know that she has fifteen thousand posts on this forum 15,000. She sure does. And she joined in January 1970. (laughs) Location, God's own America. Her response to this genuine question about how Mm -hmm. to repent of being a furry. Furries can never enter the kingdom of heaven. They must have been furry free long before they pass over. You must repent of your furry lifestyle and let Jesus enter you. Give everything over to Jesus especially your heart. (laughs) A loving donation to your favorite Baptist church works wonders too. (laughs) What else could get you? A money-back guarantee of salvation. (sighs) Sister Talitha, everybody. And it's like full of like random capitalization and stuff too, as you can probably surmise. (laughs) And you know, it goes on from there. You will be able to find the link to this incredible forum in the, on our website. I want to add one other response, uh, just because I can't resist. It's from Pastor Ezekiel. Pastor Ezekiel, come on down. Whose post, now that I'm looking at, I'm going to have a hard time not laughing because the sheer amount of pictures of just his face oh my God, no. in like the <laughs> signature of his posts is wild. Please read it. And his little uh, subtitle is, Putting the Stud Back in Bible Study. <laughs> So here's here's Pastor Ezekiel's reply to Plasma Fox. Then hear this, you little pervert. God hates freaks who dress up in weird clothes, so stop it already. Can't you just be normal? Jesus temporarily suffered and died for our sins. Show a little respect, you damn degenerate. And then there's an emoji of an angry face on fire. Yeah, and then he quotes Zephaniah 1.8, I will punish all such as are clothed with strange apparel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> everywhere like such as. <laughs> That's the consensus, I guess, on whether or not phrase can go to heaven. So the answer is no, no. I actually saw a furry on campus the other day. What kind? A deer. Oh, a deer. A solitary deer. Damn. And it was really bizarre uh, you know, it was honestly kind of funny because I saw him and or her, I don't know. And I did not think, oh, it's weird. What is that? I was like, oh, a furry. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really confuse me that much because I've had furries on the mind for such a long time researching this episode. <laughs> I remember when I was first beginning my furry research, There, one of, when I typed in furries, Google would suggest things to me. One of them was like, is it legal to hunt furries? <laughs> Which is obviously just like a shitty question. Then there were like some asshole, like intolerant people who were like, well, yeah, they think they're fucking animals and it's legal to hunt animals. So come deer season, these furries better be like far away from my rifle. Yeah. That's some scary shit to say, honestly. I mean, people are dying all the time and getting shot and I just don't think that that's cool. Yeah. I found the person, Jill. Who? The deer. Shut up. No, I swear to God. Um, I typed in Dear Furry Albuquerque. 
okay, and you found them. And yeah, how, what are they on LinkedIn? No, there's an article about them. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually cool. Little Fur Family, a fur photographer, travels to California to meet his fursona, a white-tailed deer named Atmos. It says his journey to furriness. It's actually a really good article. What do you think your cat would do if you showed up dressed up like her or him? Be mad. Yeah. No, I think they'd be horrified. I imagine that it would be somewhat like that meme of the guy who dresses up like Pikachu and the dog just like torpedo attacks him. (laughs) I think that would be the way that it would be most satisfying to me is if I could look like my cat. I think that would be hilarious. Yeah, that would be awesome. So basically, like winding down here in conclusion... I think furries are dope and they don't deserve all the hate that they get for the most part. Very few people are Nazis in the furry community. Just like hopefully very few people are Nazis in the rest of the world. Um, Probably fewer (laughs) Nazi furries than regular Nazis, I would say. Um, Unless all Nazis are secretly furries. I don't know. Mm. (laughs) That would be a a very interesting conspiracy. (laughs) I think that the main thing that I learned through all of this research about furries, the overall thing that I learned is not all of them are God-hating bastards, just most of them. But they cannot get into heaven. But sex happens in hell, so don't worry too much about it. All important things to know. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) There's a spider. Oh, my god that made me jump like almost out of my chair did you get it no i'm too scared where is it it's on my bed oh my it's really big it's really big get it get it i don't i don't have anything i can get it with it's all just oh i'm so frightened i'm so afraid do you want to squish it or do you want to like catch it and like throw no, it. No, I want to kill it. Okay. I want it to die. So put your hand under the blanket where oh, it no, is no, and no. smash it, like fold it over and smash it underneath. I can't. I'm afraid that it'll start to run. <laughs> it's in a really bad spot. This is really fun for me. <laughs> I have it pinned, but I'm afraid that it's not dead. So you have to rub your hands together. Rub them together hard. <laughs> Okay, now open the spider sandwich. No, no, no. No. Do it. No, I can't. I'm too scared. I'll count down. Three, two, one. It's dead. It's dead. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Keeping Tabs. We really appreciate your patronage and hope you enjoyed it. You can follow us on the internet. We're on Instagram at Keeping Tabs Podcast and on Twitter at Keeping Tabs Cast. If you're able to, make sure to support us on Patreon. That's also where you can find a list of references for each episode that we do. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash keeping tabs. Thanks again, guys, and see you next time for our episode on incels.